It seems that the hoop state is pulling no punches first. MJ Rice now Hunter Salas. Where is he ending up around the triangle extended? We'll talk about that as well as some Demon Deacons football. Spring is here. Mitch Griffith is QB1. Will he be like Sam Hartman? In some ways we hope so. In some ways we don't. Talk about all of that in today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure that you download, subscribe from anywhere you listen to pods. You can also hit up our YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe there. We have over 1,000 followers, but hey, two to three is even better. We got a lot to talk about today. Demon Deacons are hot off the presses in perfect timing because we're talking about their spring football and how Mitch Griffiths is QB1. More importantly than that, they are locking things down when it comes to the hardwood. If you want to be a Demon Deacon guard, you got to have locks, you got to have a headband, maybe, and you got to be like that. And that's certainly what Hunter Salas, formerly of Gonzaga, is five-star recruit, McDonald's All-American. He's got what it takes. Couldn't quite find his way at Gonzaga, and now he's with Forbes, ready to win and ready to develop. Two key things that he said coming out of his decision to transfer. Yeah, and it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're playing at Gonzaga, yes, you're going to win a lot of ball games and all that good stuff. However, and some people aren't going to like to hear this, the reality is when's the last time a Gonzaga player made a lot of noise in terms of the NBA per se? Jalen Suggs? Are we we being serious? Oh, no. No. Okay. I mean, yeah, we could consider Jalen Suggs. Yeah, Jalen Suggs plays big minutes (laughs) for the – he plays for the Magic, correct? He's still with the Magic? Don't lie to me. I don't know. You don't want to bring Gonzaga into this. I'm talking about Wake Forest. That's my point. If you're looking at if you're looking at what uh, Forbes has done with these transfers, every one of them that has come has been activated, and I'm talking a whole nother level of what you thought they could be when they got there. Alondis Williams, ACC Player of the Year type. Uh, Jake Laravia, all of a sudden he's a, a an actual legit NBA draft pick. Uh, you got Tyree Appleby, who then became a a AC co-ACC player of the year was an ACC player of the year runner-up, something along those lines. He was you, close, but he had the most points. You've got all of these players who, you know, they transfer in and Forbes right away integrates them into the system, builds around them, and highlights what they do well. So I get it. I get it, especially for a guy with a five-star caliber that you're looking at and saying, you can be wildly impactful here. You can stay at Gonzaga, play in their system, do what Mark Few does and kind of work things out in his way. Or you could come here, but we're going to build to you and, and what you do. See, I was going to get, get back to Wake Forest. Let's start off with Gonzaga. We were going to get back to the Deacons. That's very true. And Forbes was able to beat out Nebraska, and that is very key because Hunter Salas is an Omaha native. And so the fact that you're able to beat out your hometown is always a good sign for the Demon Deacons. It's just 
trending upward in terms of his transfer portal abilities. He's the type of guy that when he first started had a bunch of issues with who, you know, not being able to talk to players because of COVID and all these different things. Once he was really able to get in that bad boy and execute and the X's and O's, I think that he's certainly been one of the top coaches for the ACC in the conversation. It certainly has turned Dina Deacon's program around where 20 wins is starting to be like the goal and standard for them as opposed to what it was 10 wins, maybe 15 wins here or there, like the Danny Manning eras and all the things like that. So it's nice to see Forbes, who I argue is one of the better coaches here in our league, get some shine and certainly knows what to do when it comes to that guard role. That Manning era was some nasty work. And so to see what you're seeing now. I actually saw him at a tournament. He is, I think he's recruiting for Louisville. He's hmm. one of, he was one of the assistant coaches for Louisville, which to me was like, you just can't, you can't make this stuff up. I tell you what. You, if I, mean, it wasn't, he, he might, I don't know if he's on the staff. I just know he had a cardinal on his chest. If it wasn't for bad luck, some people wouldn't have any at all. But anyway, with that being said, this is, again, Forbes is a contender for Coach of the Year almost every year. When's the last time that you thought Coach of the Year and you wouldn't say if you had to do a, a tiered voting system where you had to go one through five, Forbes wouldn't get any of those spots? 100%. He, he shows up consistently. He he does good things with this team every year. And like you said, they've reestablished the floor. They reestablished the floor that it's not a, oh, man, Wake Forest only won 10 games this year. Uh, it's kind of a Wake Forest thing that you expect. If Wake Forest wins 10 games, everybody's looking around like, wait, what happened? How did they fall off the cliff? What did Forbes do? And credit to them because, again, that is a school with high academic rigor. That's not – it's not some of these other schools with all due respect. And yep. so with that being said, that additional hurdle, it's it's not easy to get over. But building a, a team that is consistently good over there, that's something to be applauded. Bringing them back to their days of – of Chris Paul and of Tim Duncan and all that. That's that's some something to be applauded. Yeah, and I think, you know, Wake Forest team 19 and 14 last season finished eighth in the ACC. You're certainly going to automatically have an immediate jump with a five-star recruit. He only averaged four points, like I said, but it could be a place where he just needed to get, you know, some run. He needed to ha- be able to have some shots, to be able to assist some guys, and elevate the style of play and ultimately develop. What I will say is very interesting. Take note. Hoop State friends and family, those of us who keep track of how it's going, NC State and Jay Rice out of Kansas recruit. You got five-star recruit from Gonzaga coming over to Wake Forest. Duke, you know, they still have people flirting with the portal and Jeremy Roach, not portal, flirting with the draft. Jeremy Roach more than likely coming back, but certainly have Proctor returning all the things. RJ Davis is going to have his hands full in terms of Hoop State guards, right? No pressure, but pressure. I know we brought, I know we, I know North Carolina brought in a Tar Heel. I mean, Tar Heel, the guy from Stanford. I, I, just observe, just take note of all your surroundings and territory. Shout out to Marcus Sage for coming back, you know, trying to help the squad. He's replacing Jackie Manuel, all the things. But just, just take observations, a little looky poo. Wake Forest is doing it, NC State's doing it. Man, the pressure is on for Duke, to me, and North Carolina. Let me tell you something. There is a video uh, from, I want to say it's one of those uh, A&E or TLC documentaries. It's like a gangland documentary or something like that, Uh where one young man is getting jumped into the gang and they're saying, fight back, fight back. That's how a lot of people are looking at Hubie Davis right now, because uh, a lot of folks are looking around saying, brother, 
fight back now. They 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 getting Kansas guys. They getting Gonzaga guys. They getting five stars. You pulling Towson out the portal, baby. Fight back. Put your hands up. Put your protect yourself, brother. And, Stand uh, up. Stand up. It's uh, but at the end of the day, we've talked about this before. It's our job to talk this talk, right? It's our job to to make sure that we talk about all these teams during the offseason and all that. What matters is the product that y'all put on the floor from that first tip off of the season to that final buzzer, whenever that happens to come for you. Oh, but y'all better figure it out this year. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Because everyone around you is getting better. They're not getting worse. And I think that's proof in this portal pudding. Well, that's, you know, I. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But not very right. Again, Wake Forest is doing their thing. Forbes is doing his thing. Forbes is always going to be a guy. He's going to go into the portal. He may not have a haul out the portal, but he's going to get his guy. He's going to get what that, he needs to get to elevate one, his hands. Yeah. He's a Denzel Washington. He's leaving with something. <laughs> Forbes from around the way. He's okay. leaving with something. Okay. And that's that's what happened here. He left with his guy, a bona fide baller that, again, this is the type of guy that you look at and say he can change a program. Buddy, looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to just try the best tasting protein bar ever, which is built. Go to built.com right now for healthy and health and healthy and tasting amazing treats. You can get built bars or built puffs. They're so amazing you won't think that they're good for you. What makes built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. If you're close to Sam Club and run in there, you get a 13-bar box. Or you can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff at Walmart. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars today. Rocking the rolls, Kenton Gibbs here. We're talking through some Wake Forest news. As we mentioned, Hunter Salas is in the transfer portal. Good for Demon Deacons basketball. Now we switch gears and we talk about football. And, you know, Coach Clawson is arguably one of the better coaches here in our league, we think he is, you know, pretty sound when it comes to X's and O's and execution, plays a clean game, all the fun things, adjusts well to what his program is in terms of high academic rigor, as well as trying to be athletically sound up there, has definitely elevated this program. It's a lot to be said for having a quarterback that was there for 20 years. Absolutely. Now, you got to find a new rhythm in a new way. And this is probably the most, okay, well, what do we have before us here, Wake Forest? We're slowly moving towards our teams where the identity of them is shifting a bit. And so as we're talking through, as much as we're giving these way too early predictions, a lot of it is very much up in the air. We can give these takes, but I'd like to keep that in mind as we begin. I want to point out something because some people would look at this Wake Forest team and say, last year was a disappointment for them. They weren't. They, they, this was one of the years, one of the first years where they won less games than predicted coming into the season. I would actually like for y'all to go back and as Onyx uh, or Fredro Starr would say, do the knowledge, okay? Coming into the season, Sam Hartman was diagnosed as being out based on a medical procedure. And all of a sudden, Vegas had them tanking down from like 
I believe their under over was seven and a half wins to start when when Seth Harmon was the guy. It was either seven and a half or eight wins. That thing dropped down to like five or six. I'm not saying that they had a killer, hey, this is a great season. Uh, compared to a season where you end up in the ACC championship the year before, yes, doesn't look great. But the reality is this was still not a season where you look at Clawson and that team and say, you all were letdowns. You all were disappointing. I'm looking at you all and saying, hey, you didn't do anything special here because objectively speaking, they got off to a very hot start. And then all of a sudden, that that bump in the road that they had late in the season, it kind of the wheels fell off a little bit there, but everything was rolling in the right direction. Well, how much much of that do you attribute to Sam Hartman, right? I think you start out the season, you don't know if he's gonna play or not. You already go into last season of him being at like, you know, respectfully so a little mental health situations been going on and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what he's gonna do, deciding to come back great for him. He has that senior veteran leadership. He is a dog when it comes to just putting points on the board so you don't know if he's gonna play decides to play and then all of a sudden that streak of losing just becomes bigger and bigger you can just tell that he's in his head it's more it's less about his physical capabilities and more about the stagnant stagnantness whatever word i'm trying to use right there there you go it's more about the stagnation of his play that becomes okay well it it might be time right it might be all he can do for the season program we wish him nothing but success but this may no longer be the fit for him goes to Notre Dame remains to be seen of what he can do I think if the pressure of Wake Forest is a lot the gauntlet of Notre Dame is going to be damn near insane I disagree a thousand percent for this reason oh my god it was not Sam Hartman had his struggles absolutely okay there Offense is based off of a long mesh RPO, which means you, in essence, have three options. Sure. You hand the ball off to run, you the quarterback pulls it and he runs, or you throw the ball and figure out what's going on in terms of your route scheme that you have behind whatever run is generally called. Now, granted, that's the general call of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Let's look at all of their losses, shall we? Their first loss of the season came to Clemson. Sam Hartman and company put up 45 points in double overtime. They just happened to allow 51. Okay. You go look at the Louisville loss. You allow 48 points. Mm-hmm. You go look at the NC State loss. Sure, NC State's offense didn't light it up. Sure, Sam Hartman did not play as well statistically. But y'all rushed. Your, your leading rusher had 29 yards in that game. Your leading rusher had 29 yards in that game. Mm-hmm. You go on to talk about the uh, loss to UNC. Again, you put up 34 points. Your defense just happens to allow 36. Duke, same situation. I'm not seeing scores here that are indicating this man is not doing his job. And I watched a lot of these games. Yes, there were some bad turnovers. Absolutely. I'm, there's no doubt about that. But what I'm saying is it's not fair to put – the onus of what happened last year on Sam Hartman, when in reality, the pieces around him were toilet water at times. It was so now, atrocious. Are we talking about the defensive pieces of uh, the, Wake Forest? The, the defensive pieces and that running game was abysmal. And the problem Do you the, need a good running game when you have six foot four receivers who can outplay damn near everybody? 
And and here's the problem with that. If teams can give you a light box and still stop you, those, what those 6'4 receivers do is they can out-jump their defender, right? You can It's it's beating one guy. When it's one-on-one, they say it's a 50-50 ball. But what if there's a safety over there as well? Now you've got – if you split up the odds evenly amongst everybody, now you got a 33-33-33 ball, which the defense accounts for two of those 33 – Quick maps, 66.66667. That's that's what you're looking at there. That's a lot of sixes. You know we don't play that, but go ahead. Uh, watch out. Watch out. <laughs> We're talking math here. We're talking numbers here, okay? <laughs> but the reality is if you can't run the ball, those safeties are going to sit high. If sure. you can't run the ball effectively, if Sam Hartman, no disrespect to the young man, if Sam Hartman is ever your leading rusher, there's a problem. There's something that something has gone wrong. Like so the man was, was just tired. The man was just tired. What are you trying to say? The, he was the leading rusher in the Liberty game where they scored 37 points. Do you know how many yards he had in that game where he was the leading rusher? 150. 11. Again, I'm not making this up. I'm not saying that Sam had no fault in it. However, what do you expect when you tell a player and any individual everything is on you? So he's supposed to make a miracle out of mud, is what you're saying. And okay. nobody can do that. Nobody. I don't care who you are. Okay. I don't care who you are. Okay. If you are a man of flesh and blood and you weren't born of it, of the Virgin Mary, it wasn't immaculate conception, you're not going to be a mm-hmm. person that puts together, I don't care what you put around me, I'm going to make it happen. And that 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 just was the, the cards that Sam was dealt very unfair to him, which I understand why he decided to move on. Because if you give me a game where we're playing a team that wasn't even FBS five years ago, and we have our leading rusher is me with 11 yards, get me out of here. I'm gone. I'm Wrap gone. It up. Got it. Got it. Hey, I'm not I'm not knocking you. I truly understand. But here's the thing. Sam is gone. Now who do we have before us? Mitch Griffin. A lot of people are going to compare him to Sam Hartman, which rightfully so, because Sam was arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever come out of Wake Forest. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to have a lot of pressure on him to, you know, isolate himself, create his own identity. And I think that one thing you mentioned about the ground game, that's something that Mitch doesn't necessarily have great of, has a very surgical arm from what I hear. But when it comes to, you know, can he move his ships to hips and all the things, that remains to be seen as something that we're going to have to keep our eye out of. You got a return of Donovan Green, a couple other receivers that can certainly help his case. The run game, as you mentioned, is going to need to improve. That defense is going to have to have a monumental improvement if they want to be a complete team. So there yeah, you go. I agree. I agree. And also, you're going to need to see better things out of that offensive line in terms of creating holes for Ellison and Turner. That has to happen. And some people would argue, well, in that long mess, the, the player, the offensive lineman can't climb and get to the second and third level sure you still got to find a way yeah you have to find a way even if you say hey listen for 20 plays a game we are straight running the ball all that tempo that they do i believe that they were in the top five in terms of plays run in the country last year not just in fbs not just in power five i'm sorry yes in fbs yes in just fbs but that's 130 teams not just in power five, in the entire FBS, they were in the top five in plays run per game. When you are pounding on teams and go, go, go like that, you need to have a certain amount of 
hey, this is a call run. This is we're running this ball no matter what happens. And we need to do this effectively. We'll give y'all the latitude to not climb and not get to the second level and not get on those linebackers on these RPOs. But on these plays, you need to be hauling and mauling. I need to see you moving bodies out the way, because if not, we're going to have more situations where regardless of how much the offense puts up, a good running game is not only demoralizing to a defense, you can burn clock. You can run out the clock when you get a lead. You can, hey, we're up. It's all right. We're running the ball now. The hay's in the barn, boys. We can run the ball. We're all right. If you got to count on 50-50 balls to burn out the clock, you're going to run into some situations where you walk away with an L. I 100% agree. Well, as we as it stands, we need to go over the 2023 season. We go over the schedule every single week for all of these teams, trying to figure out what is before them and the road to, you know, maybe bowl eligibility or the championships or the national college football playoff conversations. That's certainly something that is before Wake Forest. And I think for them, I put them in the let's make a bowl game successful season. Let's get out with everyone unscathed. It'll be a good year. If you, Before I go into the schedule, what would you tag them as? I would tag this as a rebuilding year for sure. Okay. Wake Forest, the last few years, Wake Forest has been spoiled because normally Wake Forest, like, builds up. They have, like, one or two really bad years, and then those bad years, they learn from that. They took the bumps on the head. Those players get older. They get better. They have a good year or two. This is a situation – They've they've restarted the cycle a little bit. They had a lot of departures last year. Losing Sam is a huge departure. That is a a massive uh, departure on this team. And I don't think they'll be able to overcome it in a lot of these games in 2023. I think losing A.T. Perry is also a massive loss for the program. All right. August 31st. Yeah. August 31st, we start at home against Elon Thursday Night Light. Nice little warm up. Yeah, for sure. I think they get a win here. I think they handle their business Great. against uh, Eli. Great. September 9th, they face off against Vanderbilt, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, ACC versus SEC, you've got to show them who's boss. Even if it's their worst team, you have to win. This Off-the-train. is another one. This is another one of those battle of the nerves situations. And uh, Vanderbilt's nerds, I, I want to say, are just a little bit better than our nerds. So I'm going to give Vandy the win here. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was not expecting that one. I'm going to go for Wake Forest pulling this one out. September okay. September 16th at Old Dominion, which ODU is probably easily one of the best teams, most slept on teams, love to get an upset when they can. Playing them at home is going to be challenging. I said that Notre Dame is running through the ACC like some Tomb Raiders. ODU is going to be in that category, too. After pulling off an upset against Virginia Tech last year, they get another upset against Wake Forest this year. Wow. Okay. You – okay. Okay. I have no faith in this Wake Forest team. I no. see. I see. Zero. 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 Well, there's another team that we're going to talk about here towards the end of the week, Georgia Tech, September 23rd. <laughs> this is a game that I think they need this... – Is this a barometer game? That Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it is. People think that barometer games are just for middle of the pack or better teams. No, 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 no. Even the bottom feeders can have barometer games where you say bottom feeders, Jesus. Who's who's the best out of this this group here? Who has the situation where they have the most footing as is? This is a game where the bad team needs to elevate so it can elevate the conference. You know what I'm saying? Where they need to have decent enough seasons 
to where when we put schedules before folks and we're like, the ACC actually wasn't that bad. And then you hear the proof in the pudding kind of game. Mm, I, I don't know. You don't agree with me on nothing today, so I really don't care. Like, you don't I mean, nothing I say today. These are these are two bad teams. Regardless of who wins, neither one of these teams will have any consequential. Sure, thing. but it's better. But I, oh, go ahead. Did you it's pick up what point. I'm putting down? Did you pick, I, I it's better for saying. the conference. I get Did what you you're pick saying. up what I'm putting down? I'm, I'm picking it up. But what I'm saying is, either way, matter. the conference ain't going to look that much better from Georgia Tech winning this game or from Wake Forest winning it. It's like, Eh. You say that, but it's still got a long season ahead. Just just wait it out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. September 30th is a bye week. Then October 7th, they face Clemson at Clemson. This is the game where somebody just day. puts up some good tape. Somebody gets a good tackle. Somebody has – this is where we grew type of post presser from Coach Clawson. We got a lot of guys growing up here today, all the things, all the things. Clawson has to tell this team – don't worry about the scoreboard. Don't worry about the scoreboard. Don't worry about the next man. Don't worry about – do your job. Trust that the man next to you is going to do his. And and we're going to fight and we're going to battle. From the first snap to the final whistle, we're going to fight and we're going to battle. I love a close one. I, I, I prefer – Oh, no, no, it's not going to be a close one. It's, it's not going to be close. But that that's the you speech that you got to give the team when you're going to get I say they I say they lose by only two touchdowns. Mm. Mm. I mean, if they keep this game within two touchdowns, that's a win in my book. That's that would we'll say more about Clemson than it is about Wake Forest? It depends on how Wake Forest season is going. Because if they come out and they shock me, like – Dave Clawson teams generally tend to do. Right. They, you have they, little to no faith. You have little to no faith in the nerds, but that's another story down pack for another day. Hey, I was a nerd growing up, so I'm I'm right there. I'm right. I get it. But mm-hmm. mm. it's, a, it's a mirror check. All right, October 14th at Virginia Tech. Battle of the a, bottom. They get a win. They get a win here. They get a win. You want to talk about having no faith in a team. Got too much. All I, right, October 21st. Pittsburgh. Pitt comes out with this one. Pitt comes out with this one. I think that Narduzzi and this team, they are – I think that Narduzzi knows what games he needs to win. If you look at his record historically, he's found a way in the games where it's like, brother, you cannot lose this one. And he he finds a way. And I think that he, he'll he get the job done here. Florida State at home. Wake Forest is at home. Uh, Wake Forest fans, y'all going to have a long day. Y'all going to have a real long day, you know. Do, do they do they do the halftime going out and drinking too? Do they do that at Wake Forest? No. Y'all might want to try it. It's not, a huge, try it. it's not a huge venue. You, you might want to try going out at halftime and getting yourself a nice little uh, uh, refreshment or beverage, adult beverage, as they say, because you're going to need it. You're going to need it to get through this one. November 2nd, they will face off against Duke at Duke on a Thursday Night Light special. Mm-hmm. Battle of the Nerds. Nerd Bowl, part two. I'm, I'm sure Duke going to pull out their little black uniforms, too, get real saucy and glossy with it. And I'll tell you this much. You are. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. This is gold helmet night. They got a shot to keep this game close. They got a shot to keep this game close. They need to wear the gold helmets. If they're wearing the black unis, they got to wear the gold helmets. I I think that because of what they're going through at this point in the season, I think that Duke may underestimate them a little bit. And this is a potential. If Duke is having a good season, they may be smelling themselves a bit. 
Wake Forest got a shot to come in here and get an upset. I don't think I they'll think, be having a good season. I think also. if you played in the ACC long enough and you actually think that you can't bring your best and you look down toward any program here who's having an off year, you're silly. Yeah. Like you're truly yeah, that's fair. silly. That's fair. People get popped in the mouth all the time in this conference thinking that a team is down bad and you end up having a Virginia Tech, a Syracuse, or some somebody who's having an off one beat you. So I would that's never fair. take any team in this conference like that's very fair. Homecoming matchup, Wake Forest and NC State at home on November 11. They have had NC State's number. Have at had home. it. They have had that thing. They've called it. They rung the bell and said, Hey, big head, how you doing? Every single time, NC State gets a win on the road at Wake Forest here. I don't think the Wake Forest, this ain't the Wake Forest teams that we've been seeing recently. NC State, got, NC State got a new number. They deleted the thread. They blocked all the pride. Number. There's some pride about it, though, at some point. I, yeah, I'm sure there is pride. I'm sure there's a lot of pride. I'm sure that there's a lot of, of, of high hopes and intentionality. At some point in time, you need the Larrys and the Joes, okay? Mm, this is a Larrys and the Joes matchup. All right, all right, all right. November 18th, a familiar friend, Notre Dame, Sam Hartman returns. Well, they go to Notre Dame, sorry. That's not a return, but... They were trying to facing off against their guy. Does he uh, get busy against Wake Forest? Career does, numbers. Does he get busy? He's going to get preoccupied. He's going to get as busy as we've ever seen. He's going to get, oh, my God, I'm so busy. I can't go see any of my friends. I'm too swamped with work. That man is going to be hitting the job Moranis a parade inside my city yeah, because it's going to be ugly. That that one. I don't see a path forward for Notre. I mean, I don't see a path forward for Wake Forest where they keep that game close. To be honest, I think it'll be closer than you think. I and highly doubt two touchdowns or less. I uh, I can see two touchdowns. I can see that. I can see okay. that. Okay. All see right. In the game, November in the season, November twenty fifth against Syracuse at Syracuse. Another series that has been back and forth these past couple of years. Been good matchups for both Wake Forest and Syracuse. They're probably going to be playing a Syracuse team that has an interim head coach. They win this game. Why are you doing this? Why am I doing Oh, my Lord. Are we doing this again? I told you to stop doing that. Are we doing this again? Dino ain't the only one that I've said by the end of the season, he probably not going to be there. I've said multiple times on this show, Halfley is probably going to be somebody's defensive coordinator by game 10 of the season. But it's not just Dino that's catching Halfley me. is definitely going to finish the season. They ain't going to pay that man. Okay. Right. Co- who does Boston College think they are to not let that boy finish the season? Who does, who does Syracuse think they are to not let a man finish the season? Okay. I hear you. I they'll hear all, you They'll always have that Clemson upset. You know, they'll always he- have that 10 win season. I hear you knocking, nephew. I hear you knocking. Yeah, we haven't we haven't even gotten to the crabs, which like to me, I I, I don't even know if I want to do the show with you when we have to talk about Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Syracuse because got to Mike. Listen and to, Louisville, you're gonna be ugly as hell, but all right. And the words that Jerome say, teach a man how to squabble next time, because uh, <laughs> it's gonna be ugly. Some folks are gonna need to squabble their way into right. into keeping their job, but I all don't right. think they'll be able to do it. So as it stands. Wake Forest, according to you, is going to win one, two, three, four, five games. Yeah, I, I feel comfortable giving them four to five. I feel comfortable with that. 
four to five, not bowl eligible. Huh. No, I don't think they're making a bowl game. No. Huh. Okay. Okay. I think they make bowl eligible. I think they win six. I I don't see them by the chin the chin chin the chin chin. I don't see them being bowl eligible because I think that they simply lost too much. They lost too many players. I don't know who they're going to be. Yeah, I don't know who they're going to be defensively. The thing we, is, we haven't known who they are defensively. The, the thing is, though, if we're being honest with ourselves, we do know who they're going to be defensively. You don't. Wake Forest has been the same up. team. They've been the same team defensively for how long? You don't want to give nobody no credit of growth. I can't believe the proves you wrong. I said Miami was going to grow. I gave them that credit. I said, hey, they're going to do some good things, you know? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. That's fine. I gave five Florida State their credit for growing. Four to five. I give, I give teams their credit you for You told us that Florida State would don't be fooled by them because of how their last half of their season went. And and then, upon doing further research for our Florida State episode, what did I say that team ceiling was? You're the only re-niggative man i ever seen that will re him own self out of a take within 30 minutes. If I see evidence that is new to me, I will change my opinion. How do you opinion. see it in a 30-minute show, you crazy? Hold on. When did I say in 30 minutes, in this 30 minutes, that Florida State wasn't going to be good? We're talking about Wake Forest today. So and Wake Forest, I, what have I reneged about? I've said all this episode, they, Sam Hartman was the heart and soul of that team. Their defense is bad. You've lost Sam Hartman. You've lost A.T. Perry. Uh, I believe Morin is back, which, like, congratulations on playing your eighth year of college football. More power to you, Brody. But this team is not going to be good. Okay. They're going to allow 30-some-odd points a game. I don't think they can score 30 a game. And that's just the reality of what I'm seeing here. Well... That's why they play the game, and it's That's April. That's why I they look, play. I look forward to either proving you right or wrong, but either way it goes, it's a great time here. We've got more teams to go over. Schedule previews to go ahead and get out for you. It's going to be a long, long off season, but we look forward to sharing it with you. Make sure you download, subscribe to our podcast, and all of our Locked On Podcast Network friends for Hannah Super and Kenton Gibbs. Until next.